This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined now as we are, well, almost every Wednesday. We Bob, we gave Bob the week off last week because that of was the, the problem. The, the Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, you got us out of the uh, the uh, our regular routine. Routine. Yeah. Yeah. I was searching for words. It's yeah. been a long day. You're gonna hang. You're gonna hang forty-one to ten on me. Yes, that is exactly the. We did not have you, you on here living in your, your fears job last week. Yes, uh, Bob Labriola, <laughs> editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com, joins us here on the drive. And uh, Bob, uh, well, that was about as bad of a game as the Steelers could play last week. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad. Uh, but let me say this, uh, and I'm not excusing, please. I agree with all of the assessments, you know, that were made by Mike Tomlin, by Cam Hayward you know, by Ben, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, uh, Dale, you've been around, you know, long enough to know that um, Steelers teams, better Steelers teams, Steelers teams went on to win championships and played awful games and, you know, looked bad and got spanked and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, what I want to know before I'm ready to close the book on um, – labeling this particular group i want to see how they respond to this yeah that's the that's the big thing right if there's more of this you know in the next couple of weeks then you know it's a totally different uh situation in my mind than if and i'm not saying they're going to win sunday against the ravens but if they come back and put together um what i would call a varsity performance uh but still lose you know that's different so um you know, uh, like I said, I I, uh, I don't disagree that um, I think in uh, one player's words, we sucked uh, was the term, and I don't disagree with that. Mike Tomlin said um, they got handled on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. But let's see what happens now in the next couple of weeks before, you know, I label this team or I believe this team deserves to be labeled or branded as, you know, something – you know, that would be very uncomplimentary. Yeah, I think that's well said. It's a good way of looking at it. And, you know, even some of the the very best teams in the league, they had a stinker or two this year, too. I mean, the Bills lose to, what, Jacksonville and teams like they that. They get smoked and by New Orleans. They got one. killed yeah. in week one. I mean, so that happens in this league more than people want to realize. Miami. Miami, right, absolutely. The Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, so again, um, that's... That's the way this league is now, I think, to some degree. And as I said, let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, a lot of people talking this week about the quote-unquote Steeler way and, and do you need to do change this at practice, change that at practice, music at practice. <laughs> oh, Sorry about playing music on the intro for this, Bob, by the way. <laughs> um, but there is a pride there. There is, you know, when when, when – Oh, they've been doing things for you know, a while. Yeah, yeah, when Mike Tomlin's asked at his press conference, you know, about other, uh, st- former Steelers criticizing the team, and he says, well, they would know what the standard is, uh, that's sending a message to the locker room like, hey, you're not living up to that. Yeah, and, you know, and let's also, again, I'm, I'm old. Uh, remember Dwight White calling them soft and cheesy mm-hmm. in the 80s? I do. Um, and so, you know, this is, this, None of this is new. 
Um, this has happened before. And, you know, I think sometimes with some people, uh, their opinions mean more than others um, because I do believe there's also an element of uh, rip the Steelers on TV and attract a lot of attention yes. to yourself. Yeah. So, you know, um, and uh, some of the people who uh, are criticizing the Steelers deserve to be referred to as Steelers legends. And others do not. <laughs> well said. And others do not. Right. So, they wore the uniform, um, but that doesn't mean you're a Steelers legend. Right. Right. So, again, uh, I, one of the things Chuck Noll always said that always struck me is quite perceptive. He would say, when you lose, whatever they say about you is true. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. I have that conversation with Tim Benz uh, pretty much every week on the pregame show. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when when teams win a game, they can say a lot of different things. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes it might not be. We knew the plays and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But come on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the same thing happens the when Monday you lose. Report. You get a, a lot of times you get, well, we need to do this better. There's that immediate reaction. Uh, and, hey, people get uh, fired up about this stuff, and, and it means something to them. What you don't want to happen is, you know, if you're the the Lions and you lose a game, you get smoked like that, and, well, it's just the same old, same old. Sure. And part of it's the nature of the sport, too. I mean, if the Yankees lose 12 nothing to the Pirates, no one bats an eye. They come back the next week, you know, even though they're a much inferior team or whatever. I mean, everything's magnified, and that's what, you know, part of the fun of it, really. Yeah, and when, when your whole season is 17 games as opposed to 162 or 82, mm-hmm. Um, you know everything is magnified, and that the the way that games in the NFL are played, you know, generally one every seven days, six days in some instances, four in others. But there's a lot of between time. There's a lot of time to either analyze what happened or speculate on what what's about to happen. And again, you know that's what makes it fun. That's why uh, I, I believe it's one of the reasons why it's you know America's favorite sport. Uh, that and the gambling, of course. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, again, uh, it's, it's, this, this is the, um, the fabric of it. And, um, you know, it beats running a jackhammer for a living. Yeah. <laughs> Labs, Coach Tomlin mentioned, I forget exactly how he said it, but I mean, someone asked him, will, it, will there be changes going forward? And he said something along the lines of, hey, we're open to it. You know, I mean, nobody's safe or something like that. Is there anything you would lean towards? You know, more Zach Banner, Dale and I have talked about, maybe their blitz rate goes up. I mean, any personnel changes? I mean, they're not going to be wholesale changes. No, and, you know, a lot of these things are so interrelated. You know, if you can't blitz more if Joe Hayden isn't playing. Yeah. You know, I mean, because then you're just opening yourself up, you know, for down-the-field disaster. I mean, so many of these things, uh, it's it's like, you know, tossing a pebble into the lake. You know, the ripple effect uh, is, is a lot more than you would initially think from just tossing that pebble. But since you asked, the one thing that I would really look at, and I don't know if this is possible either, is um, I would either, and what I'm going to say does not include Cam Hayward. Let me get that out front mm-hmm. first. The defensive line. I mean, if, if there's some moves, personnel changes you can make, reinforcements you can bring up, something. Because, um, you know, again, 
the inside linebackers have been getting a lot of heat, and a lot of it is justified. Uh, but this, you know, I keep going back to this. When Joe Schobert first came to the Steelers after that trade, one of the things he said was, I'm so excited about being able to play behind this defensive line. <laughs> you think he feels that way now? Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so, um, you know, and here's another thing, you know, again, you know, looking for reading the tea leaves to try and figure out what might happen on Sunday. Um, all of us know Mike Tomlin's disdain for depth charts. You know, he does them because it's required. Uh, but this week, Isaiah Bugs got demoted from first-team nose tackle. Yeah, Henry Monday so listed as the number yeah. one guy. So, um, you know, Mike Tomlin does that stuff himself. Other coaches may let the PR guys do it or whatever. He does not. He does that himself. So if he took Bugs out of that spot, something happened either in performance or preparation or something to, to precipitate that move. So I'm thinking that maybe Tomlin is thinking, um, similarly about the defensive line. You're either going to shake it up or mix it up or something because if the defensive line, again, I'm saying this except for Cam Hayward, plays like it did against the Bengals, you can't beat the Ravens. Right. No. No, right. right. You can't beat the Ravens. And, you know, blitzing more, um, Matt, you suggested that, right? Yeah, um, we've talked about it a lot this week, the two of us. But can you, can you do it without T.J. Watt? I don't know how else you get home. I mean, part of it's just Ravens-related for us, though. They, they, I don't know if you watched the Ravens-Miami game. You referenced it. I mean, they blitzed them like crazy, and Baltimore yeah. did not handle it well. And, you know, Dale and I have also talked, well, Hilton and Vince Williams were great blitzers. Who, who were great blitzers on this team? I'm, I'm not certain. Yeah, uh, you know, and um, uh, and if, if you don't have T.J. Watt beyond blitzing, can you count on whoever you do send after Lamar Jackson to maintain the integrity of the pocket? Right, to right. not lose Huge. contain. Because yeah. If Huge. you leave, let, let this guy out the side door, you know, 80 yards later, they're lining up for an extra point. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of, you know, this goes back to what I said earlier about the ripple effect of the pebble in the lake. You know, a lot of this stuff sounds good, you know, and or, uh, you know, if you watch the Browns against uh, the Ravens, they didn't blitz at all and, and intercepted Jackson four times. Yeah, good point. Okay, well, so let's, you know, like kind of contain Rush and drop everybody back, you know, and try and, and do the same thing. Well, if you don't have Hayden, you know, who are you playing? Who who are you, who would be your seven defensive backs or seven people in coverage? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I don't know, but it's not, it, it's not necessarily good enough without some of your top players who may not play this weekend. Last so, along those lines, though, if Hayden doesn't play, are you trotting Pierre back out there, or are you taking your chances with Witherspoon or Lane? Um, I'm not taking my chances with Lane. Okay. Uh, he, <laughs> no, he's he's a very, very valuable part of the game day roster. Oh, yeah. Special teams. Core special teams. No teamers. question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you traded for Witherspoon um, technically for, because of injuries at outside corner. Um, so I would, you know, think about Witherspoon. But yeah, again, time to take a training wheels off. Yeah, but I don't know uh, enough about, you know, the, the uh, details of how he has been playing. Mm-hmm. You know, watching the game on TV, I have two games on TV, 
You know, I'm just like anybody else sitting on their couch. What do I know? That he's played uh, many snaps here. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's that's another thing I'm wondering about. Why not? Um, so because it's not like they really um, gave a lot for him. You know, fifth round pick in two years, two mm-hmm. years from now is. You know, it's, it's it's worth a shot. You know, take a flyer. But um, you know, he did start a bunch of games for the 49ers when they won, won the NFC Championship, went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, unless there has been something determined either by his previous play or his practice uh, participation that, you know, he is below the line, that's who I would go to in that situation you described. Yeah, one interesting move the Steelers made on Monday, Bob, was to sign Montrevious Adams. And uh, he's a, a big defensive tackle, has started some games in the league, including a game this year for the forty or for the uh, the uh, Saints. Um, Chris Wormley saying today that uh, after practice that uh, Montrevious Adams was lining up at nose tackle, hmm. uh, getting some snaps there as they try to get him in. You, you know, you also have uh, you know some other guys there that you can take a look at potentially. Um, I don't love Cam being there. No, I don't like that you know either. I mean? It takes it takes one of your weapons away, uh, and, and Carlos Davis is due to come back here at some point. So there are some bodies right. you can throw at that at those. Def- mm-hmm. Hey, it, it's the same thing people are talking about when they say, "Why aren't they playing Buddy Johnson? Give but give Buddy Johnson a chance simply because he's not Devin Bush." But that, yeah, yeah, and that doesn't mean he's I think, the answer. I think we've it. seen enough of these other guys. They've been exposed enough now to say, okay. This is not the answer. Try one of these other guys in there and see if they are the answer. Well, and here's the other thing that I always mention when those kinds of things come up. You know, and even Vince Williams. You know, now everybody's kind of pining for Vince Williams, <laughs> right? But no, seriously, and I know. Vince Williams down. But last year, all I heard was he can't cover anybody, and that's what the opposing offense will do. You put Buddy Johnson and Vince Williams and those kind of people in an inside linebacker, you think they're going to cooperate and run the ball for you. <laughs> they're going to create a matchup where those guys are covering somebody they can't cover. Yeah, see how they and do against Mark Andrews. And, yeah, right. yeah, believe yeah, it or not, I, the other team gets paid too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, you know, unlike uh, unlike previous eras in the NFL where, you know, I won't say there were unwritten rules or anything, but teams generally ran the ball on first and ten. Teams didn't throw the ball every down unless they were behind or it was the end of a half. Uh, I remember really when that changed was, you know, 2001, the Steelers defense ranked number one in so many different categories. The 0-2 opener against New England up there, Brady threw the ball 29 straight times yeah. from the middle of the first quarter to the uh, middle of the second quarter. Yeah, it was a 7-on-7 seven seven drill. <laughs> right. They, tr- they, they tried to run a couple times. It didn't work. They said, forget about it. They stayed in base personnel and spread everybody out. And Jason Gilden is covering, uh, you know, uh, a, a receiver, uh, Troy Brown or whatever. Yeah, Troy Brown. That mm-hmm. was his name, right? Yeah. 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 Was. Okay, now how, what are you going to do about that? You know, when, when the other team says, well, we're going to break tendency, we don't care about what other teams normally do or what – the rule of thumb is around the league or we're just going to throw the ball 40 straight times and we're going to do it out of a personnel set where we're not substituting on every play so you got to play with who you got on the field now what do you got for me mm-hmm. huh now what do you got for me that's you, a modern day that's NFL. why you need right that's why you need guys like Devin Bush and I'm not saying he's playing great right now but that's why you have to have 
guys or at least make attempts to have guys on the field who can do both things without substituting. Because the other team's not going to cooperate and allow you to, to substitute to get your best players on the field. That's why you can't have, you know, again, Casey Hampton is a name spoken reverentially you know, around here lately. And, hey, I love Casey, and he contributed a lot to teams that won Super Bowls. But he came out on third down every time. There were games where, where Casey, I can remember Casey Hampton stood on the sideline for all but a, you know a dozen plays. Sure, yeah. and you talk to him on Monday, or, you know Monday or Wednesday. Hey, like, Casey, what happened there? Well, they they stayed three wide receiver sets. I wasn't well, on the field. I, wasn't. <laughs> I remember talking about it back then too. Like having an elite nose tackle, a Hampton, a Will Fork in that era, even was a catch twenty two. Because if you were three fourteen without one, they're going to run it down your throat. But if you do have a good one, he's going to be on the sideline the whole game. You know, like how much do you invest in that player then? You know, it's really hard. Because, and that's the other thing about the defensive line. If, you know, a team shows nickel personnel or something, then, you know, you, or excuse me, if they get show wide, three wide receivers personnel, no fullback, um, you go to your nickel. Okay. So then they run the ball. But, okay, now you have to be able to deal with that because if you don't go to your nickel, then they'll throw the ball. And that's why your defensive line has to be able, you know, to do more than one thing. You can't just have, okay, this is our run uh, against the run defensive line. This is our against the pass defensive line. This is our against the run inside linebackers. This is a, no, no, no. <laughs> They're not going to cooperate with that. that. It doesn't work like that anymore. And so um, that's why, you know, we're talking about changes. You know, and I keep saying, well, okay, yeah, you know, blitzing more sounds good, but who's going to cover? And Or playing, you know, coverage more sounds good, and we saw it work very recently, um, but who, who, who's your six or seven coverage guys? You know, I, 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 I just, uh, it, to me, so much of it just goes back to personnel, what is available, um, what you have, that you could depend on. And um, so I don't know if when we get to the game Sunday at 425, whatever changes are made, I just wonder if we're going to be able to notice them. Yeah. Or is it yeah. going to be subtle, you know, little adjustments, mm-hmm. things that maybe might mess up the uh, Ravens offensive line blocking patterns for some plays. But as a fan, sitting uh, you know, in the stands and watching it on TV with binoculars, do you actually notice the difference? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Bob, one last thing I wanted to talk about with you. Matt and I disagreed on this a little bit, and, and there's been uh, – it's pretty much a 50-50 thing. Maybe some other people look at it differently. Uh, but the idea uh, of, in, in the 41-10 game the other day, leaving guys like Ben Roethlisberger – uh, Cam Hayward, T.J. Yeah. Watt in the game in those situations. Uh, where do you fall on that? Um, I, I think that you know it's a uh, it definitely it's a difference. You don't treat it all the same way, and this is what I mean by that. You can have your quarterback in there and not put him at risk at all. You know, handoff, quick throws, um, that kind of thing. If he wants to stay in. And that's the thing with Ben is uh, I don't, you know, you, you really have to um, get stern and, you know, to sit him down, I think. Now, other guys, like I was all in favor of them taking Najee out 
Uh, Cam Hayward is another guy that I would have rather not been on the field, but he's another guy where, you know, you might need a restraining order from a court <laughs> law sure. to get him to stay on the sideline. And, you know, he's a defensive captain, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a calculated risk. I mean, you also want, uh, I believe, to some degree, to get the message across to the rest of your players that, you know, we don't quit, we're not giving up here, and I'm, I'm, we're, we're showing that with some of our leaders refusing to come out of the game. Um, and then there's this, which is a little bit cynical, but you know I could get on board with it too. 41 to 10, I'm going to punish you players. You're going to play every snap because you, this is how bad you were. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty you know, bad. You know, you don't, yeah. Right, you don't get to come out and sit on the bench and sip some Gatorade on, on a heated bench. you got to be out there suffering with the rest of us. So yeah. um, if it doesn't get anybody hurt, uh, but if it does, then I'm going to second-guess the heck out of it. <laughs> of course, right. Could have gone worse. But that's what we do. <laughs> Absolutely. He has been Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. We appreciate uh, you stopping by, Bob, as we always do. Uh, well, uh, we'll see you on Sunday uh, over at the uh, stadium, uh, see how this uh, how this all plays out. Yeah, and, and I, one thing I keep going back and forth on is, is it a good thing that the Steelers are playing the Ravens or a bad thing? I guess we'll find that out on Sunday as yes, well. We will. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to look at it as an opportunity, and, and same with the yeah. rest of the schedule being difficult because you can. You can... Bad, is it just a bad matchup? Yeah. Yeah. Where, now that's what yeah. we'll find out. But uh, yep. we're gonna take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be back with the Fantasy Football Focus right after this. This is Black and Gold Fan Heaven. Listen to this crowd. SNR. 